Well, dang, y'all, so far, I've had a handful of listeners on both this app and Spotify, and I've gotten some decent feedback, so I want to say thank y'all, and uh, we can go ahead and get into the next episode. Okay, so it's me, I'm back, and uh, <laughs> so my friend suggested that I do a podcast. So here I am, and today we're going to talk about dating because you know what? Why not? Why, why not just jump into it and talk about it? Because <sighs> can you just tell by the sound of my voice that dating is just like, Generally speaking, generally speaking, dating is just, like, is there even a word to describe it? (laughs) Depending on who you talk to, it's trash, it's fun, it's exciting, it's unnecessary evil if you want to not spend the rest of your life alone. Uh, It's an adventure, I wish it could be a positive or negative. It's a lot of those things and more. And... Goodness gracious, what do we do, right? <laughs> um, before I get started, I want to thank everybody again for listening and tuning in to little old me sitting here just in front of my mouth and doing what I like to do, which is talk about everything and nothing. And thanks for all the feedback that I've gotten so far. And I hope I'm not boring y'all and all that good stuff and not talking too fast. I tend to do that, my bad. But okay, let's get into it. Dating, 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 dating. Now, I'm not going to complain too much because I actually am dating. I actually have a boyfriend or whatever. But, um, well, not or whatever. That that sounds bad. Don't that sound bad? Anyway, but uh, I've been talking to a few people today, this morning. And um, um, they're having a hard time when it comes to dating generally speaking and I was just thinking because originally I was just going to make a whole podcast about dating blurred guys which I'll talk about that later on but I decided to add a few more things to this um, particular episode because when I say that being a woman and dating is already difficult in and of itself and then being a black woman and dating don't be a mother and don't be over 30 it's who it's a mess it's like especially if you're looking for something in particular particular type of relationship if you're looking to get married or even not even married if you're looking for this long term commitment it's difficult sifting through a lot of the mess to find someone or someone's somebody's if you're poly um to have the type of relationship that you want or even a casual day even casual dating has become some somewhat 
janky from what I'm seeing, experiencing, and hearing from my peers, and almost make you not want to do it. But then, if you're someone like me who craves a little, a little attention, who who wants to give more attention than they get, really, and who um, doesn't want to grow old by herself. Yeah, it's it's rough, and there's so many factors to consider. Like for me, I'm over thirty, and I have children. Um, I have adult children, and then I have minor children. And so, me dating and getting into a serious situation means I have to consider those factors. Then it's like the type of relationship you want. Um, are you willing to do long distance? Like, or do they have to be in the same city? Are you monogamous? Are you poly? Are you like, um, are you trying to get married in the next couple of years or are you just cool with letting nature take its course and just let things flow along? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Man, when I was in my 20s, Well, maybe I should even use being in my 20s as an example. Because when I was in my 20s, I was married for a good chunk of that. And then went from a marriage to a a long-term relationship not too long. A couple years after that. So I can't really... Well, yes, I can. Why? It's my podcast. I can talk about it. (laughs) So, um, in in school, high school, are you really dating then? But I didn't have a boyfriend until senior year. First kiss, I was like a couple weeks shy of my eight, of my 18th birthday of my 17th birthday. I'm sorry, I was 16 years old. Um, then I was kind of in a long distance, but not relationship when I was in high school because my high school sweetheart lived in um the next town over or a couple towns over, same county, but we we're kids, so we're not driving. When I say kids, we're old enough to drive, but we're not driving. Um, so I we didn't hang out with each other like every day. If you, when you see somebody, you when your when your girlfriend is somebody or boyfriend is someone you go to school with, you see them every day. If it's somebody you go to church where you see them a couple times a day, if you live in a neighborhood, you can see them every day. Well, because of the distance, we saw each other every few months, like that. If I really think back, I don't know, I probably count on one hand how many times we really hung out in a 12-month period. Because we dated, we were together a year and a month or something like that. And I'm just going off the top of my head. I mean, that was 20-plus years ago. And uh, that was different. But see, that was different. You could just talk on the phone and 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 fall asleep and hope your parents don't get mad because you tie up the phone line and yes I'm that old that we had a phone line <laughs> he had his own he had his own line but uh I didn't have my own it's to take the cordless phone to get in trouble because we had to have the cordless phone back in my mom's room my parents room by a certain time by the time they went to bed <laughs> and I was a senior so I was 17 and my, which means my brother, my the next oldest sibling was fourteen, and he talked on the phone too. So it was like a fight to get on the phone and talk and cake a little bit, as we used to say back in the day. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it was simpler then. 
because you're just a little, you know, you're in high school, you got all this stuff going on. I was a um, complete nerd, um, very little athletic uh, ability, um, glasses, um, well, part part of the time, I never got this the whole, my whole um, academic career, I should have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nerdy girl, straight A's, uh, Listen, I didn't have a sense of style until senior year, if you want to call it mine. I don't really know. Um, he he went to school, like I said, two cities over, two downs over. Uh, he was a choir kid. He was also a little nerdy kid. Um, it was easy then. You just wrote each other little letters and, like I said, on cards and stuff. And he talked on the phone and you get your mom or my mom to pick us up, drop us off, drop us off at the mall, uh, drop us off at each other's houses, he come over, uh, my house, parents, they're like, y'all can't go upstairs, you gotta stay down here, you know, <laughs> go high school, so you got a little puppy love stuff, and you would think that as an adult, it would get a little easier, because you're having some more freedom to move around. You know, you're at your parents' house, you're living on your own, or you get roommates, or you're in college, or you're in the dorms, whatever. So you can move around and, um, do what it is that you, uh, want to do as far as dating and linking up and hooking up and all that good stuff. But it just seems that the older you get, it just gets progressively harder, slowly but surely. So now, fast forward to 20, like I said, 20 plus years, and I'm divorced, and got, like I said, I got kids, I have friends who are in their 30s and 40s and late 20s, talking about how bad of a time they're having trying to sift through all the, I'm trying to be PG. <laughs> trying to shift through all the mess to find someone halfway decent to kick it with and a lot of times you find people who are halfway decent and they don't want a relationship they want the friends with benefit situation or they just want to see where things go without a title or they want to just um kick it whatever happens happens type of situation but a lot of people aren't looking for that anymore so I'm like, a lot of people are down now if you're up front with your intentions you'll find people who are down with any and every type of scenario that's out there just to be honest about it but it also is a problem because people don't know how to open their mouth and be honest they like to it's like it's like their people will do what they feel like they need to do in order to get with the person they want to get with so they won't be honest and say well I don't really want this type of relationship but I'll pretend like I do in order to get you be with you and I've been a victim of that but anyway who hasn't and it's sad because if you're just being honest upfront, that person that you gained quote unquote probably would have not had an issue with it you probably still be cool <laughs> until it's time to move on or whatever and that uh, 
but like I said, you trying to sift through stuff. I'm in various group chats and um one consensus of single women in these group chats I'm in is that just running to people who feel entitled to certain things is because we're having a conversation. Like we're having a conversation. I'm you are not even entitled to hear my voice every day. What you mean? I don't even know where that even comes from. Or meeting people who will only do put in the bare minimum of effort, but want you to jump over tall buildings like you're Superman. You know, before tall buildings in a single bound, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, but you can't talk to me a couple times a day. You can't text me good morning and good night. Like, you can't do, you can't meet me halfway. I don't, I don't understand. Ooh, child, let's not even get started talking about this pre-date thing. Pre- <laughs> pre-date? What is that? <laughs> I became a teenager in the 90s, okay? I graduated in 95. So my idea of, a, of dating, a lot of it was formed by just, like, television, to be truthful. And we used to watch those shows like Friends. I didn't even watch Friends that much, but like, um, let me think. Uh, Living Single or uh, different types of sitcoms where um, there's single people. And the single people will meet, exchange phone numbers. And there are different episodes where they'll meet up for drinks, like a happy hour, and then eventually go to dinner or meet up for coffee. And then maybe eventually go plan dinner date. See, that's different than what people are talking about pre-dates now. See, I mean, folks used to get together, meet it for a happy hour, meet on a lunch break, meet for coffee. It was to really see if there was a vibe there and feel each other out and, you know. But from my understanding, it's like the person who asks the person out, and usually the guy, traditionally, uh, covered the coffee or the dessert or the lunch or the drinks or whatever whatever and you vibe and see how things are going and if they go going great then depending on the time of day and what, what your schedule looks like you might continue on to spend the more time to go to dinner that same day or you will make plans to do something more formal so it's like a, it doesn't make sense to me why now people Men are calling it pre-dating because they don't want to spend more than, <laughs> no want to spend money if they're not going to be able to uh, link up with uh, you afterwards. And that doesn't make sense to me. Pre-dating, pre-dating, pre-MF dating, like <laughs> some ashy and so probably thought of this term while sitting with his equally ashy friends complaining about how women aren't worth spending $20, $25 at Applebee's. (laughs) I feel like they started talking about predating because, well, listen, listen, listen. 
retired. I'm talking to a friend today. She said, I'm tired. I'm not going to tell you all of our conversation, but it was about dating and she's tired. And I don't blame her. If I wasn't in Monica's current situation, I'd be tired with her because I'll probably prior to being in my current situation I was tired because it's a mess it's an entire mess and here you guys come with this pre-dating stuff listen women we are simply complicated in other words it's not that difficult to make us happy but the complicated part comes in because you guys make it harder than it have to be we gotta we literally lay out are everything and uh, that uh, we expect, we need, we want, we desire. We literally lay it out for you before we even go out with you most of the time. So, you know, social media and, and texting and whatnot, you're gonna keep, we're going to talk for a minute before you even go out. So, listen, <laughs> it's like clear as day. I mean, we want we different women want different things, but it's basically clear as day. And a lot of the general things are just basic things are the same. And um, basically, we just want y'all to at least meet us at the standards that we have set and respect our boundaries. Those are the main things. The specific stuff varies from woman to woman. But, bruh, can you meet us at the standards that we set? And respect to our boundaries, if you can do those two things, you're basically in there, like, I don't understand, complaining because we have boundaries, or complaining because we have a certain standard, when it comes to dating, and giving someone access to our, our space, and our time, and bodies, and whatnot, it just doesn't make sense, that you're going to complain about it, you just, do you really just want someone, you can just manipulate, and walk all over a doormat, and don't say yes, because trust me, you really don't. Because if that was the case, when you found someone like that, you would like treasure her, treat her like a queen, and never step out on her if it's a monogamous situation. You wouldn't be sitting here talk, running around with the next one. And uh, we all know <laughs> that ain't the case. I digress. Predating. The concept of predating, like I mentioned in the other segment, is basically... Let's go do something like a really cheap or and or free date, super casual, maybe even Dutch, to see if you're worth getting real money, quote unquote, spent on you. I have a quote unquote real date. Bruh. <laughs> it's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. When I first heard of it, First, I was like, isn't that just like, because it's like, oh, we're meeting for drinks, we're meeting for coffee, uh, dessert, something like that. It's just a simple 30-minute hour little system we talk or whatever. And at first, I was like, I mean, people have been doing that. I mean, like I said, I'm over 30, so people have been doing that. You see it on television shows, movies, in real life. You've been doing that forever. So I was like, well, it was a problem. But see. When, you, when people get to talking about things like that, if you just don't say anything, you know, they'll open their mouth and keep going, and then eventually you'll be like, oh, and the light bulb pops on. Listen, prior to social media, and I'm 
that old that I remember life before social media. <laughs> Prior to social media, when you met somebody, like, and you get you change phone numbers, and you start talking on the phone, you would set up something like coffee or meet up for drinks or even a group situation, like you and your girls, maybe with him and his guys, and we do something fun or just just to keep everything super casual you know you relax with everybody's nervous it's the first date you first time hanging out whatever whatever kind of get a vibe make sure you ain't crazy safety reasons of course number one um not gonna be set up nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that if that's your that that's your only intention and i don't have a problem with like okay if my friend met someone and she was like, well, it's my first time meeting up, so I'm going to get you and so-and-so to come and y'all bring y'all guys, or you and so-and-so come and he's going to bring two people, blah, 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 and it'll be, you know, three couples all together and do it like a group thing just because I don't know him that well, I'm trying to be safe, blah, blah, blah. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see I don't see anything wrong with meeting for drinks, meeting for coffee, meeting for, uh, let's meet up at the park, doing my lunch break, because since we work near here and grab something from one of these food trucks real quick you know don't have a problem with that but it's all about the intention behind that don't do that if you're trying to check me out to see if i'm worth spending to split spending 25 dollars at applebee's so please applebee's is okay but um, don't want no <laughs> applebee's is like what well, bunch of us getting together for the appetizers after nine, after we go to the movies, <laughs> happy hour type of situation, not really romantic like that, I mean, if it's your budget, it's your budget, if you can, if that's what you're going for, cool, fine, I'm good, but if I, <laughs> ooh, shout out to Applebee's, I'm, I'm just playing, it used to be better back in the day, but I digress, um, if you... If your purpose of asking a woman out and going on a quote pre-date is to avoid spending money, not because you're trying to be creative, not because you want to make sure that this person isn't um, playing games, not because you really have a tight schedule and the only time you're free is for lunch or breakfast or coffee or drinks and then it's a pre-date it's still for a date event you're still paying it's still a date if you ask someone on a date I don't care your gender if you ask somebody on a date you pay the end but that's a whole nother conversation but this pre-date thing is stupid why do I have to prove to you that I'm worth you spending some money on it in a nice experience why do I have to prove to you that I'm worthy? What where did it even come from? I don't I don't understand. Where the, and this would make dating hard, especially being black, especially being over thirty. Ooh. These men think that we have to have all these this laundry list of stuff and we have to literally prove that we're 
What? <laughs> this is a uh, flavor of love or Ray J's uh, show or The Bachelorette or anything of that nature. Oh, we got to sit here and do these little competitions and stuff just to see if we're worthy of going to dinner and a movie. <laughs> Bruh, <laughs> are you serious right now? Uh, ooh, child. And then what is with the inviting people over on the, that you don't know to your house or inviting yourself over to somebody's house that you don't know? You just met. Okay, let me insert my disclaimer. Prior to my current situation, my last friends with benefits, God dated. It's more of a friends with benefits situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. That when I met, I met him in uh, 2019. <laughs> if I tell them, let me go and tell the whole story. Actually, 2018 became friends with him on Facebook because we're in a similar. We were in the same blurred group, and it was one of those games where you post a selfie and if someone likes your selfie, you gotta add them. Cool. Didn't talk almost the entire year, um, because he wasn't really active like that on Facebook. It's more about uh, every once in a while you might like a post or whatever, comment here or there, whatever, but never really an inbox conversation, which is fine. It's most people anyway. Um, <laughs> February 2019, this man literally walked into my job, walked into the break room. Well, I walked in. He was already there. And because uh, we were there's not a whole lot of people. And I speak to everybody, so I knew he was a new person. And I said, good morning, and, you know, grab what I was going to do, finish doing what I was going to do. And started getting ready, you know, to clock in and do what I had to do. And he was walking out, and he turned around and was like, I know you. Uh, I think you were my Facebook friends. And I looked, I really looked at him. And I was like, your Facebook uh, profile picture is a emoji. He's like, yeah. And then you got like a... A weird middle name or something. He was like, yeah. And I pulled him up. And I was like, this is you? He was like, yeah. <laughs> so from there, February, meeting in February, when we first started working there, uh, to June, May, May, in the May. Yeah, in the May. Um, beginning of June. First time we hung out. There's a lot of conversation that went on, like a whole lot. So the first time we did, and then we did link up like before and after work at like little spots uh, and grab a bite, you know, on the way home or on the way to work or whatever. So we did do that a few times. There's a lot of conversations. We went from inboxing on, um, we went from talking at work to inboxing on Facebook to actually having phone conversations and texting each other and phone calls and video chats and all this stuff to doing all that before we even had the conversations about the possibility of kicking it. So long story short, the first time I did really really truly spend time with him was at the at his place. And he did cook for me and it was really nice and I'm not going to go into detail about everything that happened that night, but this is say we dated, or I want to say dated because he wasn't my boyfriend, but we kicked it for 
about six months, maybe, maybe a little bit more. I'll have to do the math, and I'm not really like counting right now, but yeah, about six months. I'll say about six months, and we're still really good friends. It just didn't work out and go any further into a serious situation or you know a relationship or whatever. Um, that's different than, and then he lived in not too far from me, so that's different than I meet you on Monday, right, and we exchange information. And we have our conversation, and by Wednesday, you're like, uh, I wanna, when can I hang out? When can I see you again? And I say, All right, well, when are you free? I'm free on this day. Okay, me too. What do you want to do? And you say, Won't you come over? Bruh, I just met you. I don't know you. By the time I hung out with my friend, uh, I want to say I met a cousin and an uncle by then and some other family members i'm just saying it was <laughs> it was definitely not the first time we were talking that um we hung out or whatever so like that's different circumstances but bruh and then i didn't entertain people in my house i have kids so no i'm not you're not coming through like that and then that's not a whole truth in order for you to be able to kick it at my house, you have to be someone that's going to be a part of my life because you're going to be um, around my children at some point. Even if you just came over while they were at school, eventually, eventually, and being over there when they're at home. So I wasn't entertaining at my house like that when I have kids. You know, we're not doing all that. Come pick me up. Simple. All right. But this pre-day thing, no, you just don't want to spend money. And why is that so difficult? There's a different um, things going around on uh, Facebook talking about uh, it's $40 too little to spend on a date. And depending on what your particular standards are, it's a yes and no question and there's no wrong answer. So if someone says yes, it's too little, there's absolutely no wrong answer to that. And some people say it depends, like how long we've been dating or whatever. And some people say no, because there's so we could be creative and take that forty dollars and make it feel like a million dollar experience, which is true if you're really into the person and into truly trying to make the experience enjoyable for you and the person you're taking out. There's ways to do that. But it just causes this big old argument. And men get offended that we want to be treated nicely. And unfortunately, it's a lot of black men that feel that way. I can't speak up to many white men because I'm be honest, I'm not in a lot of spaces where I have to deal with white men in that level. I have the type of conversations. Even my groups on Facebook are mostly black. So, but the handful of chat that I'm in and a handful of groups I'm in that does have white men involved in those groups, they do not have a problem with spending money. They got the money, they're going to spend it. They don't get the money, they're going to get the money and then they're going to spend it. I have not yet met a white guy who complained about spending money on dates when he's really interested in the woman he wants to date. 
entitlement that's a that's a that's a whole different conversation and we'll talk drop that later but yeah it just seemed a lot of brothers are just like nope she gotta earn this forty dollars if i only want to spend forty dollars i just cash it to her we can link up and go by the way come on and then you want to really reduce our value to a specific dollar amount and it's just and then we got to prove that we're worth this little hundred dollar date or forty dollar date or twenty dollar date or whatever you're gonna spend or whatever and it's like bruh really <laughs> that's why it's so difficult you know you want to put in type of speaking for myself and speaking for a lot of women that i'm friends with and know we put in work when it comes to dating we're going to treat you very well don't let us fall in love before we fall in love is a wrap and y'all know this a lot of us you fall in love, we go above and beyond. You're getting spoiled in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And you know this. That's why a lot of the guys out here do just enough to get the girl to fall. Run up to fall. And then they start overlooking the red flags and the different things. And they slowly and surely stop doing whatever it was they did to get us and and now we're miserable and then trying to make it work because well, we got to try to make it work because we're strong black women. We got to try. We're in our 30s or 40s and you, you don't want to not be married or, you know, it's, it's just a mess. And by the time the relationship ends, it's just broken and jaded and got through this all over again. <laughs> oh my goodness, a mess. But yeah, predating, that's just the dumbest thing. We shouldn't have to prove our worth or value to you so we can go eat some, um, a basket of riblets and fries from Applebee's or whatever, or go get turtle cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory or, you know, sit next to you at a Marvel movie. I don't know. It's just dumb. It's, I, dumb i don't understand we have to jump through all these hoops we get we're expected to jump through all these hoops for the bare minimum and don't even get started on how we're treated different based on just how we look or how our value is based on if we had kids and how many kids or how many children's fathers we had a lot Listen, it's just a mess. That's all it is. It's just a whole mess. Alrighty, so welcome to the second half. (laughs) Okay, so dating. The necessary evil, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, the phase you didn't gone on some dates, you didn't met this guy, gone on some dates, and you're, you're digging him and getting to the point where you two are talking about the next level. So, like, what exactly is next level? Okay, commitment. All right. Okay, cool. So, you got your various types of relationships, you got your monogamous ones. And your poly ones, polyam ones, and 
it's, that's probably the, one of the first conversations you're going to have. You're probably going to have this conversation before you even go on a date. You should, in my opinion. So you know whether or not this person's compatible with you and what you want. And if it's a casual situation or if it's a, you're, you're dating to marry or long, even if you're not trying to get married, if you want like a long-term situation or what, if you're long distance, uh, are you willing to move eventually, all that good stuff. Eventually, I guess going to eventually live together. If you make it to a certain point, you know, all kind of stuff. Kids, no kids, pets, no pets. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. All that good stuff, right? I think when it comes to the monogamy versus poly argument, the one thing I don't like is groups saying that one is better than the other. And that's the reason why they choose to date that way. Like, I choose monogamy because it's better than the other. Because I'm with one person, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you have to this being poly in order to um, justify not being poly, being monogamous, then you're missing the point. Because, and vice versa. If you have to diss being monogamous in order to justify being poly, then you're missing the point. Because bottom line is, a commitment is a commitment regardless if there's one person or multiple people involved. If it's two people or multiple people involved. A commitment is a commitment and there are boundaries in both. And cheating happens in both. Disagreements and arguments happen in both. There are problems in both. There are good point good things about both. And the fact that the two communities are really going back and forth, talking about which one is better, just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think that you should include different types of relationships in just general conversation, and it should be a normal thing to do. I don't want to use the word normalize because I'm kind of tired of that word, but I, I just used it. So anyway, <laughs> but we should be, it should be easy and not taboo to have conversations such as hey I'm cool being in a committed relationship with you and building something with you and us dating other people or us not necessarily dating other people but being with other people hanging out with other people in a different manner um, I'm cool with the open marriage or open relationship. You know, all open relationships aren't necessarily poly or whatever. But yeah, you can have monogamous. Someone said that their love was monogamous, but the sex wasn't. So that's why they're only committed to each other as far as their relationship goes. But as far as going out and linking up, whether they're swinging or one on one, they get financial benefits and it's just strictly. Sex thing, it works for them. Like I said, it's all about customization and doing what's best for you. I feel like two people get together, they're single, and they're upfront and they're honest. And they say, hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah, and I feel like as long as there's like the proper amount of communication, which of course you 
decide what's the proper amount is had. It shouldn't be issues. People make relationships out to be extremely difficult. And honestly, they are not. Honestly, they're as difficult or as easy as you make them. And they're as worth as much work as you put into them. Relationships, successful ones, do take work. But you know how people say you find something you love and it doesn't feel like work. Well, the same thing relationship being with someone love it doesn't feel like work. I mean, main, and mainly, if we're going to keep it a buck, the work that you're doing with the relationship that's so hard is on yourself because you spent your entire life or all the time really trying to figure out who you are as a person and working on yourself and then unlearning those things you were taught as a kid you spent 18 years with your parents or guardians you learn certain things and then you go out into the world and you start experiencing things so now you're unlearning what you learned as a kid customizing that or whatever you know because now you got experience to put on top of that so sometimes you're raised to believe one thing and find out that something else is true sometimes it's becomes a little bit more modernized or tweaked sometimes you're raised by really great parents who probably were a little psychic psychic and knew what the future held so you prepare for the future i don't know but the work really in relationships is not even about your partner is or partners it's really about yourself and that's the hard part people don't want to um people don't want to um do the work on themselves in order to have a meaningful relationship or relationships or whatever. Someone said that probably takes, forces you to open up a communication, do the work. Uh, I, you can, I'm going to agree to disagree. Basically by saying this, any type of relationship you have, that's your, that you can see a value. So your friendships, platonic, romantic, whatever type they are. You have to do it, period, to have something meaningful, valuable, long-lasting. You have to do the work, and you're doing it on yourself. So <laughs> you would need to work on certain things when it comes to jealousy and communication and whatnot, time management, when it comes to doing poly. And this is based on mostly on research and reading and talking to people who are in their lifestyle. Um... Me coming from someone, me being who, majority of my relationships have been somewhat monogamous, one way, shape, or form of fashion. Not not including my current situation. Um, it's the same thing. You just the difference is multiple people. It's the same thing. You can't be jealous and monogamous. You can't be jealous and monogamous. You can't go in there and start acting stupid because somebody is looking at your dude. I never understood that. Like, why do why do you get mad that someone's looking at you? Can look all day long because I know he's dope. Like, why why people get mad about somebody wanting to hook up with their dude? Because to me, that's dope. I mean, it's a respect level. Even if in a poly situation, you can't be respectful about how you approach somebody who's in a relationship. Period. Whether it's open or not, you know. So. <laughs> You know, your your boo is fine and, and attractive. Obviously, you will. You're with her. Why are you acting all 
ugly because other people are keeping what you got. And it is something about when someone's in a relationship, the glow changes, you know, especially if it's a new one, the glow changes. So you do tend to attract people when you get into a new one. Here they come out the woodwork. You're like, where were you? <laughs> but yeah, so I don't understand it. But yeah, they all take work. Yeah, now you're going to definitely have to wrap up your communication and educate uh peacekeeping and being able to speak up and speak out and boundaries and all kinds of things that you may not have really thought about having to do being monogamous if you're poly but all in all it is work they're all work but it's not necessarily hard work like what's so hard about checking in with someone Let's start with the checking in part. What's so hard about checking in? I'm in a long distance situation. Talk to my boyfriend twice a day on average. Less, I talk, we talk less on his work days and more when he's off. Just because of time. There's a whole time zone in there. Yeah. Okay. Good morning and good night is like not necessarily mandatory, but they're regular. And honestly, for me, I just need to know that you made it home. I'm not one of those people. And that's even when I was married, all my relationship, like, as far as needed to know, as far as checking in goes, I need to know that you're going to be home by a certain time. And if you're not going to be home by a certain time, I just need to know that you're safe. It's all about safety. I'm not sitting here going oh he's starting to say he's cheating no listen <laughs> people are creative when it comes to stepping out they can literally have a whole nother family or two or three other boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever holding a life or two and still make a home in time for dinner so please understand that like the best ones get their schedules down pat okay they're gonna be home they're gonna check in on time they got it flowing, flowing, and it's the cockiness, the cockiness that comes from that to get some busted, but I digress, but yeah, I've never been the type to be like, oh, he can't go out with his single friends because he's they're single, and he's not single, and they're gonna, no, I don't care about that, because the commitment's with the person you're with, okay, I ain't about worried about, you got any friends of the opposite sex, I don't care, um, it is what it is, because People hook up with people with the same sex too. So, hey, I'm not worried about that. Or even non-binary people. I don't care. Have friends. I actually want you to have friends. Which brings me to another point before I get to my final segment. Where is this idea that the person I'm with has to be my everything? Is it from rom-coms and love songs? Because realistically speaking, speaking that doesn't make sense and i'm a child who of the 80s and 90s okay became an attorney team in 95 so i grew up at a time where daytime talk shows are really big yeah morning talk shows like oprah and donahue and jenny jones and and all these other people and montel williams and well montel williams in the evening but you know what i mean and relationship experts and dating was a big topic and they all said well you can't find someone no one's 100% anybody's everything you gotta have be your own whole person and then 
your relationship enhancement. Your life is not your whole life. Now, mind you, if you keep live with someone, things get intertwined. So you like you have life together, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to lose your friends, your hobbies, your interests. Some things fall off the wayside when you have uh, kids. That's a hundred percent true. But that's a scheduling conflict. That doesn't mean that you have to get lost and everything is about your husband and your kids or your wife and your kids. You can still have um, hang out with your friends. You can still go out and do things separate. You don't have to be a unit all the time. And I'm going to be blunt. I love cuddling. I love affection. I love being up under someone. But I'm so glad that the person I'm seeing has a lot of stuff going on that I know we don't live in the same state at the moment but what I'm saying is even if we did he has that wouldn't change the fact that he has a lot of stuff going on at one point it was school work training he has a podcast he has a vlog he's always learning something he's he's a writer always writing something creative so he has a lot going on and then he makes time for me and my life I got kids and different things going on with me so I can't um just be sitting around talking on the phone all day every day or chatting all day every day when I have to get moving around and do what I gotta do December 3rd so the fact that he has and he has friends and he has interests and uh he's still a intro slightly an introvert because I don't consider him an introvert he, he talks a lot <laughs> he talks to people he's very active on social media he, <laughs> out in public he's not just quiet he's kind of hype maybe hyper I don't know but anyway <laughs> he's a cutie but anyway um he has other stuff going on <laughs> okay, I said all that in my last segment just to get to this, which is probably the main part of why I decided to talk about dating today. I mentioned in my last one the yes, I'm in a relationship and uh, long distance one. <laughs> and it's with roll a blurred, right? Y'all didn't know what a blurred is. For those of you who may not know what that means, a black nerve. It's just a combination, a conjunction. Is that what they call it? Conjunction? Conjunction. Conjunction function. What's your function? Conjunction. Junction. What's your function? Don't come after me, y'all. My singing, because I ain't singing for it. But, yeah. Black, black nerve. Exactly. Who I think one day, I'm going to do an entire... Um, I guess about just the blur community on social media, but not today. Today, the meat of the, uh, the meat of the, um, podcast <laughs> is dating black, uh, blurs. Not just specifically dating black men, but blurs. The specific group, group of black men. Blurs. Black nerds. Some people who call themselves blurbs are not okay they are not nerds in a traditional definition and i'm gonna end up saying that again in another podcast but um 
definitely people who claim to be blurred aren't always unnecessarily blurred and it's like people think that just because you like an anime show or video games or comic books that that's what you are you're blurred no it's a whole lot more to that we're going to talk specifically about blurred guys or those who claim to be blurred dating pros and cons i guess look so like i said my guy he has a lot of stuff going on uh regular job he has his podcast he has uh he vlogs every monday podcast every sunday um he's a gamer he's a writer and like i say he's training he has a lot going on and one of the we've been friends for about four years now give or take a few months prior to you know stepping it up a little bit if you want to say that like that and uh one of the things that is very attractive about him is his love of learning so being a blurred or a nerd does not necessarily mean that you're just this genius okay no there's some physical characteristics that usually goes in the nerd description but we're not going to talk about that because you know that changes over time or whatever but the awkward social awkwardness and being slightly introverted or sometimes extra hyper you know that's part of being a blurred you cut you add that to the um love of learning something the, the obsessive being obsessed over learning about particular subjects specifically it's kind of the core of the nerd definition he will hear about something read about something whatever it will pique his interest and he will just start researching, researching, researching. He calls it at healing instead of rabbit holing. You know, you fall on a rabbit hole when you're on YouTube. He calls it at healing because if you ever seen the inside of an ant hill, it looks so small. We've all seen ant farms and how intricate they are. Well, ant hills, when you actually look into one, they're actually, that network is humongous. It's bigger, it's deeper than a rabbit hole, and it's more intricate with the various tunnels and whatnot it's like a a underground highway system that's very organized constant movement you know so that's what he calls doing research and not just doing research but get doing so much reading and watching learning that you get lost and hours go past as you're just, you know, learning so much about this particular subject, and that's what he does. And I love that because that means that when we talk, I'm going to get this nice, extensive report about what he's learned. And I'm talking about anything from what's the things he's learned lately. Since next year's an election year, he's been 
pounding away talking about that for the past year. <laughs> hey, next, since January 6th, matter of fact, next year is an election year. You guys need to learn this stuff. Next year was election year. Da, 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 da. Next year is an election year. Just because Biden is in the uh, presidency doesn't mean anything. Next year is an election year. Uh, learn about your local state governments. That's m- more important. He's been really doing that, and the people says those who are listening anyway. So, can't be a hypocrite and not learn about uh, your state and local representatives and laws and how those things work um, while telling people that that's what they should focus on. So, that's what he's been doing. So, yeah, he's learning about all the local stuff, this stuff, how to, how to get elected, what, how much it costs to get your name on the ballot, what do you need to form a political party, um, voting laws, the way they've changed over the generations uh the constitution um one day he hit me was like yeah i'm reading the constitution learning about that i go <laughs> nice uh the federal reserve because we all broke in this bad boy we need money if we're not a billionaire and or a millionaire not one of these elite wealthy folks you should be concerned about money so you learn about the federal reserve uh debt ceilings uh Everything has to do with Congress. Anything, everything has to do with laws, the government. That's one big thing he's been learning. He's also into comics, specifically DC, and then and Milestone, and a couple of, of uh, black-owned comics. And uh, so there are days where he's going to just go on about the various characters and storylines and multiverses, and he hates the multiverses. Not really a Marvel person. He's definitely a DC person, and he shares all the stuff he knows about that and learns about that and deal. With, oh, and he is has been teaching himself sign language, Swahili. Uh, I want to say Japanese and multiple languages using various apps and resources. The library is his best friend, I swear. And honestly, I'd have to say that that's just amazing to me. That he is just always wanting to learn and do something, you know. He's not one of those people that is going to continue to say, oh, this is not right and then it's, and it's it. He's trying to learn something. Learning about buying property. What do you need to do that? You know, especially with the housing market the way it is. And we all know what's about to happen with uh, various corporations buying up these houses that people can't afford because of COVID. They lost their job. Learning about all those different grants and stuff. Some stuff I already know about. And I don't interrupt them. Just keep talking, you know. And then when it's time for me to interject, you know, I interject. Uh, I is this something that he's learning and I know about? I throw my two cents in there, and he's like, "Whoa, you know this stuff," and he's impressed because you know I'm pretty awesome. And that's like definitely a plus of dating somebody who is a um blurred or whatever that always wanted to learn something and being really passionate and excited about learning and education and passing on what he's learned. It may seem like some nonsensical piece of information, but it's, it's not necessarily as nonsensical. It's usually a fact that can be used later on. 
there's definitely a plus side. Like, I don't know. Now, prior to this situation I'm currently in, I had a couple of, uh, I had a relationship that was five years ago, almost six. And in between the two relationships, I had the friends with benefits situation going on with two different people. One in 2017, one in 2019. I mentioned the one in 2019 before. <laughs> I noticed a pattern between the last three people, uh, uh, current and the last two uh, friends with benefits situation. They are all blurred. They're all creatives. Creatives? They all wear glasses. Too funny. <laughs> it's funny to me. But yeah. Uh, dating blurred is funny though. Like, okay. Let me take it all the way back to 2000. I married my high school sweetheart in 2000. And my high school sweetheart is definitely a blur. Um, he's a blurred. I am I'm one also. He's he we were blurred before being a blurred was a thing. We were just black nerdy kids, okay? And we became black nerdy adults and raised a plethora of black nerdy children. But I digress. Um but yeah, my ex husband's a blurred and a gamer. And back then he wouldn't have called himself too much a blur more so a gamer, but he's he is one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's into the comics, of course, more Marvel than DC, but he but he's into both. Um, he's into sci-fi, um, specifically Star Trek. Next Generation is his favorite, but he also likes Deep Space Nine. Um, he was a choir kid. So musicals and stuff, that's his thing. Music lover, like myself. Um, not so much into politics, not really into sports. Uh, tall, skinny, glasses, lanky. So he fits the whole description of a nerdy person when we were kids. Um, doesn't look it as much now. Um, gamer. Oh, side note. A lot of all gamers aren't blurs, but a lot of blurs are gamers, and they play a lot of single-person games or RPGs, or or you're you play RPGs or they play single-person type games like um, Call of Duty or whatever, where you're playing with people online. Games that you can't pause, you know, <laughs> like Mom, I can't pause that. Baby, I can't pause it. Whatever. So I understand people's frustration. Well, you know what? Let me let me fix that. I don't necessarily understand a lot of folks are frustrating when they're dating frustrations for their dating a gamer because you knew this when you started dating them. <laughs> like you knew they were into video games, you knew this is what they did, their main thing to relax or have fun is gaming. I feel like I have to make this whole um disclaimer that I'm not talking about the people who neglect their families or their responsibilities I'm talking about strictly people who enjoy gaming and they consider themselves gamers uh they're still handling their business I'm that's what I'm talking about 
because people like to say, well, they fail, they, no, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about those guys, okay, I'm not talking about those guys sleeping on the couch, not contributing at all, I'm not talking about that guy, or girl, okay, especially in this day and age, a lot of gamers are making money, you know, they're, twi- they're on Twitch, they're streaming, they're doing this, they're doing that, and back when I got married, really, the only way to make money as a gamer was to enter, um, was to enter tournaments, and you had to travel to do those, it's funny, because our son, um, he's my fourth son, I mean, I'm a fourth child, our son, our fourth child, he is, all my boys are gamers, well, three of the four are gamers, but, um, he particularly competes in tournaments, and whatnot, some online, some in person, and I would tease my ex-husband and say, so, is he's basically doing what you wanted to do, you know, he's living that life that, uh, uh, oh, man, I can't think of the name of that movie with Fred Savage, and he had to get his little brother to the tournament, the Nintendo tournament, I can't think of it right now, but anyway, um, I was like, yeah, he's living that life, huh, and we used to tease him about that direct influence, I wonder where he gets it from, but yeah, I'm talking about my ex-husband was heavily into, and still is, into the whole Legend of Zelda lore, everything that's his favorite game, definitely into Final Fantasy, I, this is back when you had to get the book, you had to go to the the mall, or to the bookstore, and get the books that came, the manuals that came with the game, and that's the regular manuals that come in the game, I'm talking about these thick books that had all the hidden things, secret passages, all that stuff, and he would basically beat the game first without it, and then go back through, play it again with um the book, to see the guide, to see where he missed, so he can get everything. And, I mean, sometimes he put do it, do it again and again, you know, over and over again, you know, at, between getting new games or whatever. And then, of course, he had friends who were gamers. And, listen, he was so much of a gamer that he took a pay cut, which was about 50 cents an hour, to, and picked up an extra work day, which means he only had one day off a week, to work, leave the job he had back in 2000, to work at an arcade. And I mean, arcade as in, they took quarters, arcade. One game was 50 cent arcade, yeah. They had Tekken tournaments, real tournaments. He had a whole clique. <laughs> they they had, had tournaments. He had paid five extra, they gave him a $5 per day per diem. So you can play with the, um, and mingle with the, um, customers and if you're good while playing if you're a good you know good at the stick of the game you might not even spend that five dollars you might spend a quarter and that's yours to keep whatever's left over and he's come home with change all the time and but yeah that was a dream job at that time in our early 20s was working and helping to run an arcade old school arcade of course it's closed now unfortunately but that was his thing man listen Part of being a blurb, part of being a gamer, doing what you love, including some kind of nerdy or blurdy hobby or whatever. So yes, 
all the puzzle games, all the video games, all the fighting games, all those games. That was part of the life. So I understood. I didn't have a problem because I'm capable of sitting in the same room while he's playing the game and I have a thing for books and puzzles, uh, puzzle books and whatnot. So I'm reading something, um, coloring something, I'm figuring out a puzzle. Hey, he's in the house, I'm to the next one, we're chilling. He's still taking care of bills. He was still taking care of kids. Wasn't a big deal. When uh, after we were married, he became a um, table games dealer, and I was mainly a stay-at-home wife. I didn't complain because he'll get off work and he'll play for a while before he went to sleep. You know, it 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 worked for us. It it, it to the point that he used to record the CGI of Final Fantasy games so I could see him if he happened to be doing something while I was sleeping. It just worked for us, and I don't understand people getting so upset about dating someone who's a gamer and they use their free time to to stream or play this game or do whatever that's how to connect with their friends uh relax <laughs> i just i never understood the issue Whew. but yeah um i'm kind of running off a little bit uh on tangents and everything but Dating a gamer, there's nothing wrong with that. Dating a blur, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, let me. I guess I must have a thing for him because I remember talk. Uh, I mentioned earlier to some people, like yeah, the last three guys, they're blurs. My ex-husband. Looking back, I'm like I didn't only date blurs, but my most recent people, and my ex-husband definitely blurs. So, I really don't want to focus on negative too much. So, I'm not going to... I probably will mention some kinds, but I'm going to mainly mention the pros. Okay. Listen, I mentioned earlier in this particular segment how much the guy I'm dating in relationship with loves to earn. So, that's definitely a pro. The blurs tend to be very passionate about the things that they are interested in, that they are learning, their hobbies. They're very passionate people. How does that translate into dating? Okay. <laughs> well, there when from what I've witnessed, experienced. And, you know, heard from different people. Blurs fall for you. They fall hard. And they are very passionate about the people that they love and care about. You ever pay attention to a bird and his crew or her crew? They, listen, they're down for each other. They get each other's back. They do not play about each other. do not mess with a blur's best friend. Listen. <laughs> Do you don't want to incur the wrath of, of a bloody person or whatever? I'm just saying, so that translates into uh love too. Um, the kind of goes with that is that they're as passionate as they are, they also as some of them are also as awkward. And so, because you know, being a nerd growing up before it was cool, you know, you get teased and bullied and whatnot for the different things you're into for how you dress and. The wearing the glasses and so on and so forth, the awkwardness and whatnot. So, but a lot of 
Blurred didn't date in high school and some not even in college if they went to college and a lot of Blurreds don't be surprised because this goes for some of the men too were old, well over the age of 18 before they really got into a serious relationship maybe even a sexual one so it's a lot of awkwardness there so it's passionate and as loving and attentive as a blurred guy may be they can be just as awkward and it translates it, it it they can be just as awkward i'm just gonna say it like that because i kind of lost my train of thought for a second but yeah they can be just as awkward and now for as loving as passionate as they are like i said they're just as awkward Ooh, my bad. I got interrupted and I'm not about to record this over. So anyway, <laughs> the passion translates into the relationship in various ways. And maybe in some time, but like I said, they explore as passionate as some are. Some are also awkward. And so sometimes translating how they feel into words, spoken words, is a little difficult. Um, especially if they're inexperienced in dating and stuff, if their experience is limited. And a lot of, I've known of quite a few blur men that like more assertive women. So they don't do a lot of the talking or the planning or stuff, you know, to kind of go along with it. I'm not saying they don't put any work into the relationship, but they're, they're basically cool with being second in command for lack of a better phrase. Um, That awkwardness sometimes translates even into when it comes to flirting and approaching women and whatnot. And um, I know this firsthand. <laughs> I, um, because I've been a part of the Facebook blurred community since 2018. And we have different groups and stuff. And you, when you get to know people, you tend to see yeah they don't really know how to flirt and stuff and this is not necessarily a bad thing I'm a natural at it I used to be a dealer at a casino and I used to tell people I flirted and play games for a living because the more flirtatious you are the higher tips you get but it took me a while I was grown and married before I came out of my shell so and I was 25 I think when I started dealing so yeah I wasn't flirting and all that good stuff prior. Like, not like that. Not that great. <sighs> so sometimes, it's at a, in my situation, I take the lead a little bit because he's not really flirtatious like that. He doesn't really like it that to do it that much. But when he does, it's almost poetic. Like I said, he's a writer. So the things he says, and you know they're genuine, they're almost like, they're really descriptive. <laughs> and really sweet and you can't help but go aww imagine me going aww my face my hands my face and I'm a grown woman chocolate woman sitting here blushing because he didn't say something sweet no send me something sweet to my inbox even, even though he's like well I don't like to flirt <laughs> so yeah that's something you have to consider that some at all don't come for me I'm awkward when it comes to like initiating certain things when it comes to dating and uh, flirting there I say sex I mean but see that's the good part about dating 
a bird man when it comes to that in particular thing is that birds pay extremely great attention to detail. I told you that almost the definition of the there is like somebody's love of learning, right? That includes how to get down, okay? That includes figuring out what you like, don't like. That includes all of that. So when you're doing that time and you're alone with your bird guy, yeah, it may have been your first time with him, second time with him, whatever. Trust, he's paying attention and he's learning. He's listening to everything that you had mentioned in your conversation prior to y'all linking up. He might have asked multiple questions. I wouldn't be surprised if they they take notes, but I promise you the passion that they have for learning and the attention to detail translates directly into how to get down. Anyway. And that's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> Ooh wee. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um well, this is another Oh man, if you're in the cosplay and conventions, um, a lot of them are um, into different fandoms, and if you're into the same fandoms, well, there you go. You got a partner to go to these cons with, you got a partner to binge these shows with, you got a partner to do that. If you're not into the same thing, but you're willing to learn, well, now you learn. You have things to learn about or whatever and if you don't want to learn about those things hey like I said they always get something to do something to learn something to read something to binge something to play there's always something going on that minds are like working overtime so when you want to do your own thing you don't have to worry about him because he's doing his own thing and it's all thing um what else is another create the creativity factor uh my guy's a writer. The last two guys, the guys prior to them that I used to talk to, that I'm friends with, um, they're also creative. So, um, one is a writer and one is a, in, into music. And so they're all creative. And that's dope. Because, like I said, that creativity also translates into your relationship. It creates what. The same brain that comes up with the dope chapters that my um, guy writes is also the same brain that comes up with the really sweet things that he says to me. So that creativity can actually translate into when it comes to like dating and whatnot and going out and different things like that. I don't know. It's just something about them. Um, Those guys are pretty dope and I probably missed out on a few things. But yeah. Dating bird guys, pretty dope, pretty dope. Um, I'm probably gonna end up having a whole nother podcast, a part two to this, and extend on the last segment because my time is running short. I gotta go do mom stuff now and auntie stuff, so we'll pick this up again. But thank you guys for listening. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Dating is not for the week. <laughs> hey, long story short, to wrap it up, do what you like, do what you love, 
be upfront and honest about your intentions. Take your time. This this is a marathon. Life's too short to just, you know, worry too much about stuff. Get out there if you want and enjoy yourself. And there's no like necessarily 100% right way to do that as far as dating is concerned. Just as long as you're honest and upfront about your intentions and try to focus more on the positive and less of the negative, you should be okay. All right? Appreciate you guys. Until next time.